Trouble FM episode 368, and it's the week of GDC. I'm Anthony Gallegos. Joining me is Arthur Geese. I'm not developing any anything. Uh, and James Faulkner. And our special guest. And our no special one. guest, sick ghost of Matt Sandy. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty, he couldn't even go to the, the screening of his documentary uh, at GDC, so... Matt's pretty pretty under the weather at the moment. Yeah, I, I have not done any GDCing this week. I've been trying to keep up on the news. I have seen some crazy shit though come out of it. The the epic real time. Ah, uh, no, not even that. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of that stuff is similar to what they showed with Hellblade last year. I there guess, is some right? stuff like that tech wise that's crazy to see, but there's a lot of stuff that isn't being written about on any websites, isn't being covered by the news, but is literally like artists from my studio came back and said. Man, there's going to be a lot of people without jobs in five years, is what they came back Is it procedural content generation? Yes. And it was like the people that make... Speed tree? Surface. Oh, okay. Is that what it's called? Surface? Substance. The substance people were showing this thing, and it was their keynote. And, and, uh, you know, there was... They were giving this whole presentation showing this thing, and they're like, unfortunately, sometimes you're still going to have to consult with an artist. And he was like... And and this is someone that they fed in art examples like here's here's our so you could take like art samples of say Dishonored and be like here's our style and here's a 3D model of a table texture it I want it like 30 years old looking and I want it to be in our style and the AI for the thing just does it and it's like here you go here's a textured table and that is crazy that's going to be like a bunch of people that would normally do that this thing will just do it. You'll need one person feeding the style and then the, the thing will just fucking take over and do it. I have a feeling that a lot of bigger studios will not necessarily want to make stuff that way. Yeah, we'll see. I think that it will be interesting to empower people at like 20 person studios to do something. That yeah. Way. Like smaller projects for sure. A lot of them like just do small scale contracting. I also like, saw assets or buy stuff off the unity store. It could kill the unity store for sure. I also saw some really interesting thing that was like, a 3D model in a scene with the background. So it had a character set in the back in a scene. Mm-hmm. And then this person basically with the traditional, with oil pastels in the traditional medium. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, did the circle yeah. and shaded it and it did the scene dynamically in real time. Yeah. And, and with the oil pastel style and everything, like it was, see, it was sampling basically like a dr- anything that you put on this the, thing and like, and the texturing it with that. Yes, it was crazy that yeah. you could use traditional mediums to then texture a 3D space and and set up your art style. Like, there's just some wild like that to me is like wild shit that I'm like, whoa, that's crazy stuff. It's not a game announcement or anything like that. But yeah. it's like, you know, five years from now, are we going to see some game that everyone's going to be like, man, the style is very painterly, and it's like, yes, because someone fucking took traditional medium and painted in front of it and it just adapted it that into yeah, it. I mean, I don't necessarily know what's stopping that now. It was more, it was done in like real time. Re- yeah. It was done in real time. And also that it was done with an actual paintbrush, not in a digital one, you know, just like literally physical medium. Was I think the, 
I wonder if the ray tracing stuff this year is actually going to break finally. Yeah, so I don't understand that. What is exactly? I, everyone just said ray tracing. I didn't do much reading into it, but everyone was like, oh, shit. It's it basically shit. folds in elements, like ray traced elements into a standard rasterized forward rendered scene. <laughs> All right, man. We got to. Okay, so <clears throat> the way that graphics work. Uh, is that their drama triangles and all that stuff. And then there's yeah. a rasterizer that decides like what is occluded, what's out of view. Right. Uh, and there are ways to make that more efficient. Um, but there are limits to it. It has, it's really struggles with light sources. Yeah. Uh, and with reflections in particular, stuff like that shadows. Yeah. Always very expensive. These are all things that are difficult for, uh, conventional renderers, whether it's forward or deferred. And those both have their pros and cons, but most game engines now are deferred. Mm-hmm. Um, and for real for real time render real time rendering using that that kind of technique is extremely efficient despite the things that it doesn't do well and you sort of mitigate and minimize the things that it doesn't do well for us a real time renderer whereas ray tracing just like bounces light off of fucking everything uh so um, that's how you're getting like real time reflection yeah and- so you're getting like a completely accurate scene basically like within those sort of laws of physics that you're programming and and like mm-hmm. taking into account but it's extraordinarily computationally expensive. Yeah. Um, like this is what Pixar and everybody else does when they're rendering frames, but they, it takes like a minute for frame for a frame, if not more. Right. It's like hours and hours of multiple computers working together. It's like the server farms that used to exist in places. Those still exist for 3d asset creation. It, what a lot of people don't see is that when people are making like 3d models, you're not, they're not looking at like full res, scenes of this stuff a lot of times it's like untextured little like dots yeah. everywhere and that's that like of objects it's at like 960 by 540 and stuff like that yeah like, it's it or 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 again it's like de-res to a certain it's yep. it's it's fascinating textured yeah <clears throat> huh. and then all that stuff is then applied later or are done like separately and then put together so basically ray tracing uh, is in, in post in post i'm not talking about in games yeah. sorry so ray tracing is a much more computationally expensive thing that gets much better results. That's just not feasible in video games because the amount of computational strength that it takes is astronomically higher than what game engines use now. But, uh, Microsoft and I think also the Vulcan people like, which is sort of like the successor to OpenGL, even though OpenGL still exists. Vulcan is like AMD, I think, mm. uh, have created, APIs that support elements of ray tracing within engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it sounds like you can integrate certain ray traced elements within like a standard rasterized pipeline. Like rasterized means to take a bunch of mathematical information from a scene and convert it to pixels. Huh? Like when you take a 3d model and it's, it's shown on your screen, there's a rasterizer that's creating an image of that based on like all the information in memory. Um, and so it can, I think integrate some ray traced elements with that sort of rasterized workflow, which means that you won't use it for everything. Uh, although some games maybe will like with sort of simpler visual styles that can do that kind of thing, just brute force it. But it means that maybe reflections get better. Maybe certain light sources get better. Maybe certain things get better for a new class of GPU that is not yet available. Right. The, I forget what they're called, but yeah, the other ones that are coming the, the, the 
mathematical computation ones that aren't meant for like dude no games. like consumer gpus yeah the, oh, the next okay. gen of nvidia ones are supposedly going to handle it supposedly. and i assume amd as well i assume that this is stuff that will be baked into the next generation of consoles as well what it ends up looking like though is when the i think it was a remedy who's working on the one that people are freaking out about this week was uh like they're panning around this room um and you, there was like multiple light sources, and you saw like reflections off of spoons in a cup um, that were accurate, rather than just like ah, oh, there are these spoons. It's like no, no, it looked like it like yeah. So it's like some next gen shit. Yeah, next next gen shit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean the question is whether or not it will actually be next gen because it's very expensive. It and those cards don't exist yet, so I guess the question is like. What will the pricing be on that kind of tech by the time the next generation sure, rolls around? Which actually, they are planning those machines now. If they have, if they don't have them planned already, like they are working on those machines now. Of course, yeah. Um, probably for like a twenty. This is our fifth year of these consoles, so yeah. I would like I would, I would assume like a twenty twenty release time frame for the next generation of consoles, if not sooner, but probably twenty twenty. Yeah, um, that's what I would say as well. I think if, yeah. It just makes sense for Sony to milk this stuff as much as they can. And Microsoft, I I mean, theoretically, Microsoft could go in 2019. Um, try, and pull, but, try and pull 360 and get out there a little bit ahead. Yeah, I, I think that Microsoft's strategy has been to, like, they're in a holding pattern. They can't win the generation, but they need to generate as much good goodwill in general for people to trust them when they launch their next thing and, like, maybe take a chance. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, like what they think um but yeah that so there's i mean every year there's like cool shit at gdc totally yeah it's just you see some of it reported about and some of it doesn't get reported about just because it isn't immediately i mean it's tough i mean you know i as a as a person writing about games i used to go to gdc too and it was always tough to find the thing that yeah. i was like is this worth writing about i don't know and it's, i mean that's not necessarily the crowd though it's like that's the they're not looking to like the well, GDC is not for quote us. Yeah, in our capacity as podcast hosts. Yeah, like it is for you, Anthony. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, there's but, definitely oh, there's a lot of talks that are certainly like right up my alley, like straight up ones about system design and stuff like that. But some of my coworkers have gone. I've had the opportunity to go. My boss actually asked me if I was going to go, and I just figured I'd watch the vault. That's yep. the nice thing is I can just watch all those. I don't necessarily feel like I kind of like an E3 press conference. I don't feel like I got to be there to get what I want from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because I'm not going to ask questions yeah. on the mic. Yeah. The be- the biggest thing about, well, that's not true. Is it, well, I just flipped off my mind twice. I just say it's the people it's going and networking and, and, and having those conversations. It is a place where people make deals. Yeah. Like it is a place where developers and publishers make deals. Totally. It's a place yeah, where like, when I had appointments, I used to go, but now that I don't have that, I'm not necessarily doing, trying to do the same amount of networking anymore. So right. it's like, it was always like a good opportunity to have interviews with people who are just way too fucking smart. Like yeah. I got to interview Tim Sweeney once or twice. And that dude is just like on another planet. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening to the giant bomb interview today with, uh, Mark McDonald. No, not Mark McDonald. It's specifically the guy that wrote, uh, a lot of Bioshock Infinite, and he wrote a lot of Battlefront 2, actually. Uh, Walt Whitman? No, no, no. Uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. He Drew used, Holmes? No, he used to work for... He used to work at GameSpot, actually. So, Greg? No, no, no. I'll have to look it up. Anyways, it's a really fascinating interview. When I listened to the guy, I was like, 
this dude's fucking really sounds a lot smart too. Now I forget where he's working, but yeah. Anyways, I'll look it up before we're done. But video games, interestingly, Below is a real game. Below is a real game that was at this Game Developers Conference 2018. And it's coming out this year. Uh, So talking to the devs, the word I heard repeatedly was not this year, it was soon. Um, Which is good because previously there was no like... They... They were saying like this year for like three years in a row, and finally they just said, "We don't have anything to talk about." Yes, um, but it sounds like it's going to have a very big coming out party at PAX, like PAX East, which is in a couple of weeks. Um, and I, I kind you of think they'll just kind of release it. No, I, I, I doubt that. Or shortly after, I think that they're gonna say what the release date is around that time. Um, it was Joe Fielder was the person I was talking about. Joe Fielder. Oh, yeah, used to write friend about, of friends. Write about games and then ended up transitioning to making games. He was friends with Sean, right? Yeah, and he, he worked on, he started off as a level designer on things like Medal of Honor, European Assault, and stuff like that, and then eventually transitioned to Irrational. And Did he work on Magic the Magic Circle? Uh, that might be what he did. That sounds right, but I yeah, forget. Yeah, like when, when like Irrational when was shut down? Yes, yeah. yeah. So... Um, so yeah, Below. Uh, Below is a game that exists. Below is a game that has gotten a fairly significant visual overhaul. Uh, it is much darker and cleaner than I think it previously was, like much more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Um, they were showing it on Xbox One X running at 4K, which is fucking gorgeous. What is that game? Uh, it is a action-adventure roguelike in that uh, you go through a world, parts of which are procedurally generated, uh-huh. and you are a hero who is not named, as far as I know, with a with a soundtrack by Jim Guthrie. It's, of course. It's very Swords and Sorcery. All right. Uh, I'm okay with Sorry, that. Swords and Sorcery. Uh, so you are going through this world. You have hunger and thirst and your general sort of health and mm-hmm. stuff. Um you uh you need to supplant those things like you need to drink water if you don't drink water like you'll lose your health if you don't eat food eventually you'll start losing your health um food also recovers health but if you eat food or drink water uh at the wrong time you might not have it to eat later uh you can at campfires you can sort of make food and prepare soups and broths and potions and things like that i like that i like doing that in zelda um yeah, part of me wonders if like that was stuff that was tweaked in after Zelda, or if that that was just part of the direction they were going. Um, there are enemies all over that can both harm you and like cause you to th- cause things like bleeding, um, which can get worse over time if not treated. Um, there is a combat system that feels kind of simple, but not not bad or stupid. Like there's a blocking system. There's a not a parry system that I saw so far, but maybe there could be. Is this 2D like their previous work? It's well? overhead. Okay. Um, it's a 3D world. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But it's it's intelligible in 2D. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you... One of the only things in it that is like universal uh, is a lamp that you'll find that can be used to open up secret passages and stuff, assuming you have enough crystals to power it to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can use those crystals to upgrade your character as well. Um, If you die, that character is dead. 
but you can find that character with a new one and get some of your stuff. And as you're going through the world, you're unlocking like pathways from the early parts of the game to the later parts of the game. So in that way, it's like the souls games where part of the progression is you making your way through the world more, more simple, like more direct. Um, the only thing that must be retrieved though, is the lantern. There's only one lantern in the game. So if you die with the lantern, then you have to go find that body with the lantern on it before that's how you open new places and progress. It seems that way. Yeah. Um, so it's basically die, go find your body, get yeah, the lantern. It's kind of, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like Diablo 2 in that way. Like mm-hmm. when you died in that game, you Dropped had to go your find your, your body. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's fun. It controls really well. It's beautiful. The, the music is really great and super atmospheric. Um, it's hard because it's not the kind of game that demos well necessarily because it is so involving and so like intimate in the way that you experience it that it's really hard for people to be waiting their turn to play that kind of and game. And you need to like experience dying and experience like yeah. oh, my character that I was working on. There's like, like a whole loop that that you really like want to experience is really difficult to experience. That doesn't surprise me. I mean I felt like that I felt that same way about the latest Zelda game. I felt like that game demoed terribly. Every time I'd watch a demo people were I know there was a lot of people that were enraptured because like it's Zelda, I'm in. But me I watched it and I was like fucking looks like Zelda. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But then once I played it and got into those loops, I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. Yeah. The one when I saw it, when it was the year was announced and we were playing talking it. talking about Below or Zelda? Zelda. Okay. Uh, I would I watched people play the demo. And we went over to the booth for a little bit. Um, there was a sense of awe because it was like the like I'm picking up items like all like and I and swords all the time. It felt like Zelda broken wide open yeah. right away. Like um, the people weren't just sure what the limits of that game were at the time. I just mean, so obviously that's a different level of access than the average person. Has. Right. So I'm talking about like the Nintendo on screen oh, yeah. demos and stuff. Yes. I would be like, this just looks like more Zelda. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? And so like, and I got that. I don't think there was any, ever any question about like having skepticism toward that game for people who were skeptical. Totally. I mean, I was skeptical to that sort of canceling my period or until you, until your review. So yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, below, it looks really cool and it looks like something that is just about ready yeah. is the thing. Like it doesn't, it didn't seem like they were hiding anything. It seemed like, like they were talking to, I think it was Engadget. Like they did an interview with Jess Condit and they were talking about going through the game and sort of polishing up like as much as they could and, and like really just putting like a final pass over it. Um, and it feels like they are both proud of it and ready for it to be born. <laughs> um, my which first, is understandable. I think with my first, packs with you we had an appointment to see below yeah it was 2013 okay so that was it was at the xbox one announcement the xbox one e3 okay it was was my second packs then i think yeah i feel like when that game was announced robert ashley still lived in california (laughs) and it's just like and i think about robert ashley in that context only because he was he was a voice in sword and sorcery oh right so um but yeah it's it's cool i don't like i don't i'm not sure if it's for me yeah, because I'm not like hardcore into roguelikes, but I do. Yeah, I don't know. But I've it's, seen you get into some quote rogue lights, like uh, that grapple game was kind of one of those, right? The grappling hook game, the game Flint was, Hook. Yeah, wasn't that kind of? Yeah, but Flint Hook also has problems. I think. Okay. Um, I just saw that that was one you kind of got into, but I was playing it for work. That was a little different. Like mm. I. There are some things kind of like that, like uh, Rogue Legacy is a game that I liked a bunch. 
Um, FTL is a game that I like a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I will try it for sure because it's gorgeous. Uh, and really interesting, but yeah. I don't know for sure if it's going to be my thing. I, I was really surprised that you tried Vermintide a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, we had been playing Dota. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then like GESC was on, which was like a Dota miner. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was like, all right, we're done playing Dota. It's Friday night. It's still fairly early on a Friday, a Dota Friday night, which is like 10 or 1030. And like, mm-hmm. Uh, the best Dota player in our crew, uh, Jules, was playing Vermintide. And it was like, I wonder if the patch fixed it for me and the patch did fix it for me. And so I booted it up and then James decided that he wanted to try it and he booted it up. I mean, you like left for dead games and stuff. So I'm not saying mechanically, it's just that like, I just, that wasn't a game I thought that I would have like pinned, like with your time, you would have been like, let me check this out. I mean, it like I have unlimited gigabit internet so I could try out anything. (laughs) True. Uh, It's funny. I was talking to one of the devs at the Xbox thing uh, this week and my xbox just turned on because <laughs> i said xbox xbox turn off it'll take a second before it'll let oh, me do that arthur are you sure <laughs> i like that it doesn't ask for confirmation before turning off now though like yeah. that's the thing that they changed with the one x xbox turn off you just had to finish booting it xbox turn <laughs> see there you go <laughs> it took a second uh anyway <clears throat> So I was at that event and I like I was talking to like one of the main devs and I was telling him that it's interesting because with the original Vermintide, it was a game that had kind of a slow burn where people tried it over time and like it had some decent word of mouth and it built towards a level of success where it sold about half a million. Um, And with this one, with Vermintide 2, I think like a week or so before it came out was when valve did the artifact visits and they had a bunch of press to their studios and they were talking about, we want to ship games again. And artifact Mm -hmm, is part mm -hmm, of that. mm -hmm. And inevitably whenever they talk about games, like people talk about all their games and it's like, Oh, well where's half-life three and where's portal. And it's like, where the fuck is left for dead three? Like there was a leak about that game existing. And I, I feel like that got a conversation going publicly about like left for dead and how people miss left for dead and then right on cue, fucking Vermintide 2 comes out of early access. And it's like, we're on sale now. It's Left for Dead with Rat Men. And I, that in the word of mouth from the last one, I feel like got... I don't feel like that may or may not be the reason, but a hell of a lot more people got on board much faster. Within like a week, it outsold the last game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Like, it's, it sold much better than they expected. It's a pretty polished game i think they built upon what they had before so they weren't starting from scratch and if you're a warhammer nerd it's like super hits on that because you're like oh fuck it's a chaos war and the cool thing is like you know if you know about those things a chaos about warrior, the war, you're like they are supposed to be fucking scary and when you fight one the first yeah. time it's scary or when you i don't know if you guys have fought one but when you fight like a chaos spawn which is like a weird mutant yeah thing tentacles, no, we definitely yep. did. like we definitely i've seen that us. model hundreds of times and then seeing it in a actual 3D space brought to life, I was like, man, they did a fucking amazing job. It's a, it's a good looking game. Like it runs really well yeah. too. Um, it's apparently talking to the devs. It's an extremely CPU dependent game. Mm. So like I have a 980, which is not great for 4K typically because like it doesn't have the memory bandwidth or amount to support 4K conven- like well uh, at 60. But I have like a really good Core i7, like the the best late 2015 core i7 and so 
I can run it at 4K pretty reliably and get or at around 60 most of the time. Um, but yeah, I it's good. Uh, it's incredibly unforgiving. Like if you, especially depending on the classes some people pick, if they pick a class that's like fragile and don't know what the fuck they're doing, they'll just you're just screwed. Yeah, you did a comp. Yeah, because like we had we had one like heavy person. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like ideally there are five classes, but ideally one of, there are like two in my opinion that are like almost essential. Yeah, and like one is a dwarf with a shield, not even the weapon he starts with. He has to have a fucking shield. And the other is you need the fire mage. Like if you don't have the fire mage, yeah, so it is you're in a bad way. The first games that we played as a trio, like we had a rando that got into our game, the first game, and he yeah. was the they were the fire mage. I don't know what they were. I don't know their gender. Uh and they were terrible. Yeah. And so we die pretty early in that and we kick them and then we match make again and they match make back into us again. <laughs> And they do even worse the second time. Yeah, they, they the died almost instantly. Because apparently yeah. that hero specifically is very difficult to play. They are, you know, because they don't have ammo. Their whole mechanic is that they slowly build a peat and they have to vent it. And if they overcharge, they'll take a shit ton of damage. And so it is like, it does require a slightly higher skill level. And But there are certain creatures, like the troll, if you ever have to fight a troll. That, that needs fire. Literally has to have fire. Or else it's like, I played in a game where we didn't, and it was like... A, legitimately like a 15 minute fight and i was like this is crazy yeah so, um because i guess when he goes down is when you're supposed to set him on fire yeah uh otherwise he gets which is a total back. warhammer nerd thing no i mean and it's, it's like, like it's a fantasy lore thing yeah too, right they, they regenerate need fire yeah um so anyway so we actually didn't really have any success in finishing a level until we queued without anybody and a bot got put into the game as the fire mage and suddenly things were manageable yeah yeah the bots in that game are pretty good and I'll say that, you know, the original one had a really complex and really hard to understand loot system where it was like you got extra items and then you could grind those items into dust and then you could use that dust to augment items and craft new items. That's all in the new one as well. Yeah. Except that now you can just do it all from your menu. Like you used to have to go to these physical crafting stations. And to you, do you it. still can within the key. You can. Yeah. You, again, usability thing. You don't have to. And I feel like they just made it more digestible, easy to understand. They also basically took on like the destiny light level where it's just like, this has more power. Yeah. I hook it up because it has more power. Yeah. Like, and therefore it does more damage. Yeah. yeah. And so like there's, there's like quality of life things. The game has loot boxes, but none of them are paid for. Like, I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that. You always get a loot box at the end of a level. And then, uh, you get a loot box if you get a level, like not at the end of each. If you level complete you a mission, complete. you get a loot box. I think because you get enough. Ex- no, you get a no. loot box for completing the mission. Yeah, and then if you get another one, you can get two if you then if also you level, level up. up. Okay. Yeah, you can do that, and then but with the loot box you get, it's will tier up to higher tiers based on like, did you guys perform certain actions? Did you find the tomes, which are basically Halo skulls? And if you take a skull with you, the tome. It means that it takes up on your item slots, so you can't take a health potion when you have uh, it. Okay. And then there are other ones that are like the hardcore books. And if you find the hardcore book, it literally lowers everyone's effective health by like half. <laughs> so if you get two of them, it'll lower your effective health by half and then half again. And that's the max you can ever get to. So, And then if you play on higher difficulties, it'll rank up those boxes as well yeah. for its rarity. So, yeah, I mean, I played the original one, and we used to beat missions on like the highest difficulty sometimes, where there's like friendly fire... And everything else, it's like fucking crazy. But. Yeah, friendly fire would be insane in that game, just because yes, you're course. you're just like you're just spamming shit all the time. Yeah, so it's like in arcs that you like don't necessarily can't necessarily control. It is yes, and so but I will say like 
the set pieces of it are like so cool because it's like got that really cool gothic German gothic sort of style. Yeah, if you like that again, it is. It's, it there's is, like a puritanism to it. It is yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean the one character, the witch hunter guy, yeah. is like straight up my character. He sees the Inquisition like in James in Jones in Jamestown. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Burn the witch. Yeah. You know. So it's like, but yeah, it is very true. Like those guys, very much. That is that is hands down the best Warhammer licensed title out right now. Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah. The all the dialogue between the characters is super fun and like it's not mixed particularly well there's some like pro- like just yeah. production roughness in that that i feel like from a from a bigger or sort of more not necessarily more experienced but like like a a studio with more sort of like triple a shipped titles under its belt would catch sure um so don't expect the same level of like overall presentation polish that even left for dead had yeah but um, it's like it is. There are many things that are immediately transferable from Left 4 Dead. There's literally a hook rat who might as well be the smoker. Yeah, absolutely. There's like one to one. A lot. And in of some ways, like the special, the special, the rat equivalent of the special undead are less punishing in this than they were in Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Like those things are less likely to kill you. It's the fucking run of the mill shit that you come across right. that will kill you. The horde of the guys. Yeah. That you're just taking because the, the hordes are, or the dudes fucking with shields or like the bigger rats. Like yeah. Or, yeah, you have chaos warriors. The yeah. chaos, fuck the chaos warriors. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it's just it's a really cool looking game. At this, the and I will say the levels in this so far, from what I've heard, are much better. Like as far as the objectives that they make you do are more interesting. And there's the lots of one, hidden shit. There's a lot. Some of, of which shit. we found. The levels are pretty long. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like you have to. It's like a twenty to thirty minute commitment per yeah. level. So but it's. I mean, it's. It seems cool. I like, mean, it's Left 4 Dead. It has the finales and it's it on has, everything. Yeah. Except for Switch. I don't know if it'll end up on Switch either because it's a CPU constricted game. I, that would be one of those ones that I'd be like, really? They put Payday 2 on Switch. Hmm. It runs like dog shit. Payday 2 also, I will say, has very, in my experience, much smaller draw distances right. than a lot of it. You know? Also, Payday 2 on Switch, um, the game logic is tied to frame rate. Hmm. And so when the frame rate slows down, the game slows down. Hmm. Which is suboptimal. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this will end up there. Bottom but. line is not everything belongs on a Switch. <laughs> Just nope. don't do it. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's fair. Like, even when I saw, like, the Ark survival thing, I was like, mm, maybe. But I remember Ark, the, the the narrative I would always hear about Ark is, it's a pretty cool survival game. Fucking runs like shit. Yeah, like that was on, the, on everything. Yeah, and so I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, and they were bragging. It's like, yeah, we got to run it on Switch right away. And I'm like, yes, I would like to see the numbers on that. <laughs> yes, it runs. Show me the receipts. It boots. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So, I'd How many curious. frames a second is required before you could legally say runs? Yeah, well, how many minutes before it crashes? <laughs> so that's cool I, um, i'm glad you guys tried that vermintide yeah, yeah we should play more of it at some yeah. point although i don't know when because my weekend is fucking screwed up well but. not only that but you guys have also been checking out uh, some sea of thieves no. a little bit setting sail well previously you have right yeah yeah well, during the beta which i mean my understanding is that the, the game itself is, is the same as the beta yeah it's just that now there are mul- you can do quests for multiple factions so there wasn't like the go hunt specific dead skeleton bounties right. in the beta. And there wasn't like the fetch quest that you can do now for the merchants guild. Like take these cages and go find me specific fucking pigs and chickens and deliver them to this other Island. Does it give you an idea of where they are? 
Yeah, it gives you an idea of where they're at, and then you just have to go hunt them down. But, you know, like, you might grab a pig that's black, and the fucking quest says it has to be black and white spotted, motherfucker. So you got to <laughs> find the black and white spotted one. So, um, I didn't play any of the betas. Yeah. So, my initial experience with this game was not a positive one. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea how complicated the sailing was, for starters. Like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, starting out with the sloop. And, I mean, yeah, it, it's weird that there's no... There's not, like, super strong onboarding for it. You there know, like, is no onboarding. Like, hey, this is how you rotate a sail. This is how you extend the sail. And for like, a sloop, it's not like not just, like, drop the sails. It's like, what angle do you want the sails to be? And yeah. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, what? Uh, like, picking up missions isn't really explained very well because I accidentally just filled up my mission queue with skeleton missions. Uh, and you can't drop a mission once you picked it up. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't even do like a gold mission. I had to do, I had to do clear my skeleton bounties before I could do anything else. Yeah. They also don't tell you things like fully sailed, fully extended sails in a storm will cause your boat to start breaking. So you'll just like start taking on water. Like that was the thing I had to learn the hard way. Hmm. Like, you know, nothing, there's no warning like ahead of time, like a Kraken's, there's no screen message. A Kraken's attacking. You just see a big fucking tentacle and you're like, Oh, okay. That's a Kraken. This is our life now. Uh, yeah. So, like, after muddling through, like, getting a ship somewhere, which, you know, is is involved, but it's not bad. It's just, no. like, very demanding. Yeah. Um. So I go to an island and I, like, do a skeleton bounty and I, like, go back to my boat and someone starts firing on me <laughs> immediately. And I get hit by cannonballs and die. I come back onto my ship which is sinking. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, str- I'm like swimming back to shore and I get eaten by sharks. Yeah. We did that so, to someone yesterday and then we took all their stuff, their skulls they had collected and threw them onto our ship. And that's then, fucked up. And then we found another guy at town and we're like, Hey, and everyone was like, kill him. And I was like, he can hear us. And I was like, let's just dance with them. And then we we're on his boat and I was like, do we have cannonballs? And I was like, we could use more. And I was like, <laughs> You're getting taxed, buddy. And we just took all his cannonballs. So another, like, the next thing that I queued up by myself, I queued into a thing with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were, like, trying to get to our thing. And we do a skull mission. And, like, somebody leaves from our party and someone else joins in. And he jumps on the wheel and starts steering. And it's like, oh, cool, thanks. And I do, like, the little thanks queue and all that shit. And after a few minutes, I'm like, wait a second. We passed the thing that we were trying to head toward. And there's like rocks on the horizon and he just like crashes us into rocks <laughs> and vanishes. And once again, my ship sinks. Yeah. Playing. I've been very fortunate to have enough people to play. I'd last night. I was me and a friend on PC and then two people on Xbox, which yeah, is I've, still cool. Every time that happens, I'm like, that's pretty cool. I've only played, uh, I've only, I've only played on PC. I, I mean, I've, I like started up on Xbox, but I had to stop before I even started. Yeah. Um, it is pretty cool though. Just to be able to like, I don't cross platform play that often. So when I do see it, I'm like, yeah, it was really seamless and yeah. nice. Um, and so my last game that I played was with Nick Hanneman. <laughs> Did you murder show. small children on the high seas? No, no, he had just gotten done doing that. And apparently like they killed a, a couple of 12 year old girls. <laughs> And then those girls spawned back into the game and started chasing them for like half an hour. Uh, like, amazing. Demanding to know why, like screaming why into the wind. Like, <laughs> uh, which is a pretty funny story. I mean, it's a terrible 
bit of behavior, but it's funny. It's a funny story. Yeah. This uh, is Nick, Nick of Nick of Subterfuge and yeah, Nick of Subterfuge fame. It sucks because yeah. it's like that game. All these little stories that come out of it are interesting and sailing around with my friends. It's interesting. I wish there was more ship density because I feel like I don't run into people that often. Oh, man, I'm thank God every second that I don't run into other people in that game. But anyway, so like Nick sailed when he was younger. Like, so uh, he, like, actual boats. And so, so he's like, ah, attack the sails. So yes, captain. so yes, he was fucking, like, saying, port, port, port. I'm like, you need to say the direction, because I do not understand. <laughs> say my name. Uh, <laughs> port is port. four letters, just like left. And starboard's longer, just like the word right is, than left. That's how I remember it. Just say left or right. <laughs> uh and so he was sort of schooling me on, on stuff in the game, and that was helpful. Uh, and we did a couple of skeleton missions, and that was helpful. And we st- steered into a storm, which was less fun than I would have hoped. Yeah. But he was patching up holes in the ship as they were being caused by the mm-hmm. storm, so that was good. Um, but yeah, so that was a positive experience. But I know that like just prior to helping me, he, he had been a bane of the high seas. <laughs> I mean, I think it's an interesting game. I don't disagree with some of the critical reviews and stuff that I've seen out there that, you know, in my experience when I was playing in beta stuff, my always, my thing was, eh, it's pretty cool. I hope there's more to it. And it doesn't seem like there was that much more to it. I don't, I mean, right now it doesn't seem, it seems like what's in it is what was there, but it also is a service. So who knows what they're going to add. So that's just it. It's like, is like, that's the thing I keep thinking about is like, I was ready to be like in two weeks while I play. Like, I've more. seen but I've in seen, a year. Will I come back? I saw Victor Maybe. Lucas comparing it to no man's sky. And I don't feel like that's a fair comparison because I don't feel like see if these has ever represented itself as something see other the, than what it, what you were getting. Yeah. hundred percent. Whereas No Man's Sky was, you will see the world, you will see the galaxy, it will be amazing, sea everything Thieves is great. Is exactly what Sea of Thieves was the whole time. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it doesn't, yeah, I think it will be interesting like, if this is like a game in a year. There are a hell of a lot of people playing it. Yeah, like, I will say anecdotally, I know like a total of three people that actually purchased it. Yeah, I hear a lot of, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, well, it's just Games Pass free trial shit. And I really, first of all, I don't believe that because it's That's a pain in the ass to sign up for things. But you also know a bunch of savvy game consumers, and there are clearly more people than that playing it because I, they had a million unique people in 48 hours. Yeah, well, the thing is, is you can do a 14 trial Game Pass in like five seconds. And if you sign up to have it recurring payment and then immediately cancel it, you still get 44 days. Of Game Pass for free, forty four. So, yeah, because it gives you it gives you sign up for recurring payments. It gives you an extra thirty for free, and then you cancel that recurring payment. You still keep the thirty days. <laughs> and so my friends are like, I'm going to play this and the new uh, fucking Undead Labs game and not re up. No, he won't because it comes out after his trial's over. Oh, does it? I thought it was next month. It's May. Oh, suckers. Sucker. He'll have to resubscribe, and then Microsoft has got him. Got him by the balls. But that's just it. For all the people that do that, the savvy people, I'm sure there are people who are signing up with Games Pass, and then it's just going to be one of those things they never really remember to cancel. So it's like, it is interesting. So even if it is Games Pass people, it's still like a it pretty is, good move on Microsoft. Well, that's what I mean. Part. It is interesting to see these games. It's like, it no longer matters how many units it's sold at retail as much as does it get people into our fucking service it's, it's monthly active users yes it's like it's it's interesting to think of it that way you know um but i so like before it came out i didn't know who it was for yeah and like i still don't totally know who it's for but clearly there are lots of those people who i don't understand 
who are playing the game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's a group of audience, an audience group that's similar to like who want play destiny with one another. Yeah. Nick was saying that he heard someone talk about it like a sandbox without any toys or whatever. Right. Which is an interesting way to put it. And, and one of the things that I think the ways that that applies were, were more than people realize and more than I think a lot of the sort of mainstream games press realizes, which I think in part we understand because of the games that we also play is that like the reason that most kids go to playgrounds or sandboxes is not to play with the fucking sand. It's yeah. like to be around other kids. It's like to be yeah, it's around imagination other people. Time. It's just like, it's a, a means of facilitating that social interaction sure. or a place for that social interaction to happen. And in that regard, it seems like sea of thieves gives people as much space as they want to fuck off and have like a thing to do while they're like being together. Yeah. Um, and maybe it won't say that way. Like I don't, I, and I don't know if the game is for me. Like, I don't know how much I'll play it. Yeah. Um, it's but, like, it's like, a, it's a little bit like rust in that sense, except that it has even more of like a direct, like if any given time, we don't know what to do. Just fucking throw this quest down on the table. And we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. And, and I will say, speaking of technical marvels, like that game is really fucking pretty. Every time I see like the, the character generator is pretty cool too. The character generator is pretty neat and very diverse and just the water every time yeah i mean you can put a mustache on anyone in that game don't matter well not just that but just like the the kinds of characters that it auto generates oh, yeah. body like, types so many different yeah. body types and hair types and ethnicities and stuff like that it's really cool yeah i heard some people complaining that they couldn't customize but yeah, yeah. i don't i don't know if that happens at some point if like you're able to customize i would guess character. that's a down the line feature yeah no no you should have can't customize you can customize a clothing but you can't customize body type or right you can't that. go in there and be like make me yeah there's no character creator this hair color. Yeah. yeah which does i guess make for a certain amount of uniqueness in the characters that right. you use that like that character is your character and like someone else can't make it um and the character generator does have a thing where it generates six at a time and you can actually pin some of them mm-hmm. like to stay and have it generate like others and to the point where maybe you have like six that you really like to choose from right yeah um, but that would have been a whole new ui to have to sit there and allow people to swip, swap through all these things also yeah. like with procedural generation part of the ways that you make it look good is by invoking like specific hard limits sure. otherwise you get monster factory <laughs> yeah this face with these bodies because oh, yeah. which i'm sure the the McElroy's are sad about that there is not a character generator in this game um but the crunch is in there so um yeah, that game's pretty cool. And the water, as everyone keeps saying, is ridiculous looking. It is. I, I ride a boat every day to work nowadays, and I look at the water, and I'm like, man, see, these does it pretty good. Yeah, like, the, the wave stuff looks about as good as anything I've seen in a game. I still feel like, as far as lighting goes, the water in Assassin's Creed Origins has got a little bit beat. When you're under, underwater? And also when just, like, underwater. the way that, like, when it, you're it comes the skimming the surface and, like, the light sort of, like, refracts through the top right. level, like, where Yeah, if you, if you, yeah as arcs. Yeah, it, that looks fucking amazing in that game. But the water in this does look very, very good. And, and also just, like, the overall visual coherency and consistency of the world is very strong in a way that a lot of Rare games haven't necessarily been. I think yeah. someone just added it, you in yeah. the Discord. Speaking of Assassin's Creed, um, it was interesting that... Uh, there was like that, you know, the end of the Vivendi attempt of takeover. Yeah. Yeah. And that was interesting to me because, uh, you know, a lot of people were knee jerking and not reading the whole story because they were like, 
oh, well, they just traded to be in bed with Tencent. And it was like, nah, man, Tencent only got to buy 5%. Yeah. Like Vivendi divested of like 27% and Tencent only got to have five. Wasn't like 37% or is that? It was like 27. Oh, they okay. had like almost, a th- and, but if, but if they if they had acquired more, they would oh, or if it was like if it was a third, if it went went above thirty, then like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so, Tencent only got to acquire five percent with an agreement that for five years they could not acquire more. Yeah, like that was. Like, and so. the thing is, it's Ubisoft's choice rather than them Vendi just buying up. Interesting. I thought the most interesting part of it was like yes, the the brothers, the Guillermo brothers, like acquired a little bit more themselves. They own like fifteen percent of the company. Um, but interesting to me was the Ottawa Teachers Association, which now owns, like, the retirement fund for the Ottawa Teachers now owns, like, 2.7% of Ubisoft. Yeah. Which That's I, pretty normal, like, that kind of thing. I didn't know that, like, retirement funds and stuff, like, invested strategically Yeah, that's in one of the reasons why the financial crisis wiped out so many retirement savings is because, like, mutual funds and, like, were bought into by unions. I guess that makes sense to me. I guess I just never thought about these retirement things needing to continue to generate income by investing in other yeah, things. because otherwise... How do they keep money? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the that money has to grow for it to work. As like a retirement plan. Right, just like union. your 401k does the same thing. That's int- I just, when I saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> like, and also Ubisoft, as much as it's a French company, is like widely regarded as a Canadian company I as well. I think of it as more of a Canadian company than anything else these days, only because I feel like most of it's I mean, that's not the way that Ubisoft views itself, but yes. Yes. Just in, well, with it, it's terms of where do most of the games I like from Ubisoft come from? They come Montreal. from or Vancouver or... Is there a Ubisoft in Vancouver? Or Toronto. Like, I don't know if they have one in Vancouver. Well, either way, between Montreal... Yeah, and, there's Ubisoft Toronto oh, and Ubisoft yeah. Montreal, I think. Yeah. So and others. So, yeah, I just feel like they're just... And, I mean, they're like a, they're a multinational company. This oh, way. yeah. Like Shanghai. Like India yeah. and everywhere else. Yeah, so it's like... But it's just it just was interesting to me to see that. I, I get... It's just... I'm still waiting for like the games to come out of like Shanghai Shanghai, like that's like the triple A game. Right. Like as opposed to we worked on this part of this game. Yeah. Whereas like Ubisoft Montreal games are like sort of like positioned that way. Yeah, I guess the Ubisoft Singapore game is gonna be that that pirate one. That's yeah, they've done I mean they've unfortunately had games attributed to them before that turned out very poorly. Like I think the some of the most poorly received Assassin's Creed stuff has been Ubisoft Singapore. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it'll be also, like they get the most thankless shit. So yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of those places kind of get treated as asset production factories. I mean that's absolutely what they are though. Like because it's the cheapest to have them do that. Right. It's like, I remember you tell me about Venture Brothers. Like, they would draw the keyframes here in the States and then send it off to somewhere in Asia to have the rest of the frames drawn. Yeah, like Malaysia or something. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. I think uh, that's good news. I don't know. If, I don't know if a Vivendi takeover would have been like. It would have been. It would not have been good. They've not been good to other companies they've owned. They were a game publisher. Yeah. <laughs> then got out. Five years ago or longer? Didn't they... Were they, like, in bed with Activision? Yeah. Yeah, and that went poorly. And then... Uh, maybe that was a little bit longer, but then... they it, owned Blizzard at one point. They owned, like, a controlling part of Blizzard Right. And then Blizzard bought themselves out from it. Yeah. That's what happened. And then, so... Yeah, then... Yeah. Fuck with Vendy. Yeah. Uh, I played two mobile games. Yeah. Uh, of similar nat- natures. I played Fortnite as well. I played Fortnite Battle uh, Battle Royale on my phone. Yeah, oh, which is too. the same yeah. as Fortnite 
on I played consoles. around on my phone yeah. and I played around on my iPad. I played, I played, and then I also played on PC. I also um, played on my PC as well. Yeah. I found I did better on my phone than I did on PC. Yeah, I mean, I think the skill, the skill, uh, the average skill of the phone user is not as I think it's good. that, but also I can get by on phone being mediocre at building. Yeah. And on PC, you have to be I very have good. to be very good at building, is, and I am not. It is interesting that that just came out on phone in the last week since we recorded, because in our conversation about Fortnite, like, the the best point of comparison for the attention that that game is getting eluded us while we were having that talk which is pokemon go yeah is the game that that's Fortnite true yeah newscasters were covering it all the time and fucking restaurants were like wow look at my like i would actually go so far as to say is that battle royale is not quite where pokemon go was because yeah. like it's true my dad my my 75 year old neighbor knows about pokemon go he's like i see all these kids out there walking collecting pokemon and i'm like what the fuck do you know about pokemon that's fucking weird but i guarantee you has no idea what battle royale is right but so. i mean that that could change i'm just saying that like that is like the most zeitgeisty game of the last 10 years for sure that's true um but anyway on your phone yeah it it runs fine like it, yeah it's, it, it's you know aliased all to hell and stuff yeah. like that i'm running it i'm running on a, a iphone 10 so right you're you're running it on the ideal spec i'm running on a success can the you spec. sync a bluetooth Headset. controller to not yet. Uh, not yet but they do say that once they they it will support you know the apple official controllers i did i definitely think people are running it on Android, Android emulators yeah, on a yeah, PC and fucking dominating yes. yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I, I got recognized and people I'm like, you should not be able to make that shot. Like that's yeah. really hard. Or then quickly build all this shit. Yeah. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little annoying. But it is impressive. Yeah. Like and and you on your 10, I'm sure it runs a lot better, but on my success, like I very rarely experience like a quick hitch or something like yeah. that. Like it is it is one of those things that I when I saw it, I was just like well, fucking a man. Now I don't know what to say about like what can and can't be done. Yeah, and then uh, literally, what was it? Two days later, they're like PUBG Mobile's out. Yeah, uh, and that's even more impressive to me. That's more impressive to me because the PC games had problems for so long. Yeah, even on really good hardware. And then you play this, and at first when I heard about it, I was like, oh, it's probably like a really small custom map. Mm-hmm. No, it's the full map. It's the full map. The full first map. It's not both maps. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah Digital Foundry did like a rundown of mm-hmm. the game like a few weeks ago because it's been in China for a while. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have things like grass and stuff like that. It doesn't really do much. Yeah. Of that. They, they took some out some features like you can't lean, but everything else like it's it's actually really, the like, control layout super smart and the guns actually look pretty good like with the yeah. way they're rendered and stuff and yeah. Yeah, I was, looting's not bad. I was the looting is better on that than it is on a lot of the console version. Yeah. Like, the fact that you don't have to drag like uh, like stuff in the ground and like sometimes it miss. Like this, you, you like auto pick up better guns, and then if you don't want that gun, you just tap a thing and you just drag it out from. Like it just the flow works. Yeah, it's it is very surprising yeah. that those are like, and and I, again when either of those get controller support, I would be like more it like. Like I could actually this these are the first games mm-hmm. that seeing these work on an iPad and stuff like that where I'm like, would I want to get a controller and maybe occasionally just have that yeah. when I'm traveling to like set up and roll some games on that? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. The what I will say is I won my first game. Uh, I did a yeah. You 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 along with many people on the internet. I yeah. Saw it. So you fucking dominated. So 
there's a theory that, that some of the other players are actually bots. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. I have them. seen enough people I know get like first game chicken dinners in that game to think. I wonder if something is happening there. I do, what I what it seems like might actually be happening though is that it seems like the shooting is more forgiving. So, from my understanding, the, the way we were talking, like the discussion that we we're having with some p- people that um, who play a lot of PUBG as well, is that they were thinking it's like in uh, in Overwatch when with one of the characters hanzo he had it wasn't a hit scan weapon his he shoots arrows yes and so it wasn't that the hit their hitbox was larger but the hitbox on the arrow was larger so you would end up getting kills when you weren't actually get like headshots when you actually weren't getting headshots and so like the size of the bullet at distance is larger and so that you can hit that and so like it, it just because we were hitting shots with like that I would have trouble maybe hitting in regular PUBG. Right. And I was just like, oh, I got a headshot. Oh, I got a headshot. And so we just think the headshot uh, hitbox, hitbox is it, along with bullet hitbox, is a little bit bigger. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense because it's probably much more of a challenge to actually score hits. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and the overall controls and everything, it just, it's, it's free to play. Yeah. On, on It's weird that it's free to play on mobile. Yeah. But it's like, it's just is cosmetics. It is it weird? Well, I just mean, it, I guess it increasingly makes the Battlegrounds $30 price tag seem weird in this world. But they don't have a free-to-play model really. I, I guess if, point. I mean, I don't know. I, I, a year ago, I would have said PUBG being $30 is weird, and then it sold like 34 million copies. And I don't know how you argue with that. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying that. It just, it seems a little, it's just that when you're looking at it, comparison with Fortnite, Fortnite's free across all, and then the Battlegrounds, when I thought they might have charged like a $5 price tag or something like that, instead of leaning into free-to-play stuff only on the mobile version. Right, but the mobile version is separate. Right, it is not one consistent game. So that is like, that's like the key thing for, for Fortnite. Yeah. on mobile, is that It is it really is interesting when game. I'm logged in and I see other people that are like, he's um, playing on PC. Like, to the point where I think that like if you synced a controller with your ipad like you could have like a comp a console comparable experience in that game yeah totally i would i would totally enable play with console players if i could use a controller when they someday do that for sure but yeah our controller is not enabled in the mobile version not yet yeah it is epic has said someday so yeah i mean yeah i think for them right now they're probably in a data gathering mode and they feel like if they enabled controllers too many people do that and they want to actually get usable information about the button layout and stuff like that. And I will say, I don't know if you've experienced it, James, but there's definitely still times where I like accidentally jump when I didn't mean to. Or fire. Like because there's actually two fire buttons. Yeah, I saw that. You can either click just anywhere on the right side, yeah. lower right side, or that's above your movement. Yeah, because it's... I think the one above the movement is better when you're aiming down sights. Yes, and not really moving. Just yeah. trying to do a precise shot. Yeah, and so like it's, it actually feels smooth, though, because you just like kind of shift your, your thumbs just a little bit. Um, again, who thought first-person shooting on a phone... Or like even third person, like like it, it works. Yeah, I, I found a. I actually dug up out of my box. I have a box of mobile shit, mm-hmm. and this was something I got when I Unsurprising worked. To when me. I got out of when I worked at IGN, they sent us these things as some like you know just every day IGN gets shit in the mail from third party companies that make bullshit, and I remember they sent this thing called a fling, and it is a thumbstick that sticks onto your iPad. 
with uh, suction cups, mm-hmm. and it's capacitive, so it works just like your finger. Oh. And it works like it looks like a big coiled plastic spring. Mm-hmm. So that's how it gets resistance as you move. So you can actually do fine movements. I busted that that out, and I was like, dude, I can aim like so much better than probably everyone else has because I basically have an analog stick on my. Screen. That's that's pretty good. So. You cheating piece of shit. Yeah, I forgot. I, I, that that game made me go to, into my garage and find yeah. that oh, stuff. It also has voice chat, which is like, again, this is one of those things. I didn't know that. That yeah. sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. But, cool. it, but it's cool because like we were, I was playing. With I some, did squat up one time. Yeah. As well. Yeah. With some with some with some uh, coworkers. I squatted up random and it yeah. went great. Like yeah. I was surprised how much people played together. And yeah, I think it's good that it that initially they did invite only. Because it seems like you're getting in with people that. They wanted to play Fortnite. You know yeah. what I mean? So are, you t- are you talking about PUBG? Oh, Pub- squatted up. In, it was PUBG. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I assumed that they would have had it on Fortnite because if you were playing cross-platform, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. would want that ability. But that's cool. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to... You've convinced me. I haven't downloaded Battlegrounds on my phone yet, but I might have to do that tonight yeah. like, to check that out. Yeah. That's, I- it's, it's, it is what a world we're living in. Where two of like the games, the biggest games in the world, are also out on your phone. They also like, I guess PUBG just like pushed a bunch of shit to their test server, and they're going to be doing a bunch of stuff in the next few days. Yeah, they've talked about adding their first experimental mode, and which is eight player squads. That actually sounds kind of interesting. Eight player squads. They doubled the drop rate of rifles. Ah, uh, okay. And so yeah, that that kind of sounds interesting to me. Like that. That sounds like a bloodbath. Yeah, that but that kind of sounds interesting to me. Eight player squad, you know, like that's when you can actually break up into like uh, fire like teams. Fire teams. teams yeah. Three people over here while these five hold a spot. Yeah, like and it's yeah because when you're in four people and one person flanks, it's always like risky. But and yeah. invariably, like that should make the games last less time. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, and I think they they talked about you know like adding in modes with a small I think I've read four four by four the small map and where the circle might just continuously shrink mm-hmm. the whole time like so um, there's and Fortnite just added its own blitz mode like it's great that those two are competing with each other in that way because I feel like it's it's resulting in like rapid changes to both which yeah. is cool one other thing that Epic did this week that I thought was cool was despite the fact that they're shutting Paragon down which like as someone who has watched a lot of other MOBAs come and go over mm-hmm. the last four years, like like 12 of them. Yeah. More than that, honestly, uh, from huge companies too. Yeah. The, 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 there was the EA one. Yes, there was. There was the, did EAs even come out? Don gate. I think uh, yeah. it was, it you came could, out very briefly. Yeah. You could put money into it, but they gave yeah. it back and there was the DC one. And yeah. So like, Oh God, the DC one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they first of all they let that game go for a while like they really gave that game a chance yeah. to to gain traction and it just never did but like now that they're shutting it down they're just giving all the assets away and i yeah. looked that up because i read about it and i was like no 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 what's the catch and it's literally there's no catch it's like the full anim suite of all the animations and vfx they did yeah, and the all the sound ones. and you could you could li- i could literally go home tonight build a team make a game using one of their characters and all the vfx and assets and sell that game for money and it's fine like that's the crazy part like that we might see multiple games come out with the same character. like the thing that i wish that they had done is just made all the engine like the the game mechanic stuff just completely open source paragon but yeah it sounds like that would have like left them vulnerable like that there's game code that they do not want to leave open and that yeah. that they depend on for other stuff 
It's, so. it's interesting. I mean, they did that with that, and they also did that with uh, what was the the old mobile series that was very good to them. Uh, does come on the first person? Uh, I'm not what you're talking about. But wait, wait like blade, the blade. Yeah, blade, heavenly blade. No, 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 no. Why are we? This was one of those breakout mobile hits that made them in millions. It was like the first Unreal Engine three game for iPhone. I mean, that's why Donald Mustard is like in charge of everything. Was that fight? Heavenly Infinity Infinity Blade. Blade. Holy shit! How am I the one that remembers that? I don't know, man. Those games were good. Literally never played those those games. Those games were good, and at the time, it was like phones can do this. It was one of those. So, yeah, man. Yep, chair. Sharon Epic. We live in a we live in a crazy time. They also the put up like the assets from all their tech demos. So like the the good the Samaritan demo from 2011 and the Infiltrator demo from 2014. Oh no shit! Yeah, like all that stuff is in there. That's super cool. Yeah, man. There's a lot of free stuff out there, free and cheap stuff. I mean, it's it is crazy how much those engines allow people to do stuff pretty. But fast. and but to go back to your other, your original point, like. That's only because of the amount of competition in the engine space right now. Like Unity has basically made it so that everyone else has to play aggressively to have any sort of hope. Yeah. And um, nowadays I see I mean honestly, it's I when I see a new game announced, it's always like is it gonna be Unity or Unreal? It's I feel like in the last generation I feel like Unreal was pretty dominant with like bigger games and then unity was like the small game engine nowadays i feel like unity can be a big game engine too like i see lots of big yeah i think unity it just depends on the on the game like it's so wildly i bet it's so unreal like that the results you get are so wildly divergent like the unity for a long time has not meant poorly performing crap like yeah i feel like there was a time where back in the day i remember we got an email about it from a unity developer because you and i said it looks like a unity game but it was for a long time you could tell yeah no unity like game certain... meant something specific for a long time yeah. but i feel like that turned around around like i remember the first unity game i played where i could not believe it was made in unity was ori yeah subnautica was one for me i mean um, i was just surprised that that was and like game. the reason that is is because like the controls were just so responsive like that it didn't feel like every other unity game felt yeah um i I mean i think the stigma with unity is it started as a web like a web engine did it i Uh, think so i think it was like a browser-based game yeah that's that's probably right yeah Um, so it was like yeah it was very it was i saw a lot more simple looking games and nowadays unity 5 and stuff allows people to do really crazy beautiful stuff yeah my only issue with unreal at this point is like the the latency in the engine is leading to like there are games that are using it where they're far more latent than they would have been than they were in previous iterations like fighting games that like have much higher latency when built in that engine than they had on their own engines for some reason just thinking about games that looked really good and stuff and i'm like remember when rockstar made a table tennis game <laughs> fuck that game that game was incredible that what a weird thing though of all things like you know from the makers of grand theft auto yeah. comes table tennis but at the time i remember looking at those character guess, models being like holy shit other like io has their own engine yeah tomb raider has its own engine hmm. um ea has frostbite obviously yeah, the Witcher guys use their own tech. U- Ubi has Snowdrop. Yeah, Ubi. I mean, Ubi has Anvil. Yeah, like or Anvil Next, I guess. Or An- they could be on Anvil Three, honestly, at this mm-hmm. point. Which I think that they moved to for basically everything except for the Division. Um, the last Splinter Cell was in Unreal Engine two point nine three or something. <laughs> it was like some weird 
offshoot of the stuff that they've done. Now I'll be curious if uh, Titanfall stays in that sort of or respawn keeps on using the yeah yeah y- using uh, source. I assume that respawn is using uh, Frostbite for whatever their EA project Probably. is, or for whatever their Star Wars pro- Star Wars project is, because like Dice went about. Uh, doing photogrammetri- photogrammetry work with all those props, like bringing them into source. So there's like this massive library of stuff for them to use. Hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. Like I the feel- way that they created I- objects in the Star Wars, in the Battlefront games. That's right. was like they did th- like 3D and photographic scra- scans. Right, which is why their rocks props. really looked like fucking rocks. Yeah. Well, not just rocks, but like fucking blasters and shit and like ships. Like they would do, like they would do photo scans of hero props for that stuff, hmm. which is why it looks the way that it does. Um, Valve has Source running on phones now as well. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, if you want to sell your TCG, card game to yeah. people, <laughs> that's one way to do it. I mean, Source, even I'm like Source Two is still based in Source, and Source is a fucking fifteen-year-old engine, sixteen. I mean, yeah, I guess that would make sense. I mean, you can play Portal on Android devices. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see them trying to get something going with that at least. But again, to me, it speaks mostly to the the trading yeah. card game. Cro- like cross-platform compatibility. Yeah. I mean, depending on what that trading card game ends up looking like, I could see myself checking it It's looking it out. like something where you have to pay for cards. I could see myself not checking that out. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I've gotten into collectible card games so before but yeah it is kind of a bold strategy on their part to just say nope you got to pay for cards yeah and then when you resell them you got to give us a chunk of that too i mean yeah that's quite a it's like it's <laughs> it's just like it's amazing it's like imagine if like wizards of the coast got a kickback every for card every shop fucking in the world. card you sold yeah. yeah like if there was a card tax that you had to pay them for everything that being said i want to play that game so bad yeah i'll be careful. for the lore <laughs> Yes, but also like for the, the, it just looks cool. I want to see what the Dota the Dota feedback hooks are going to be like into that. So that's what I'm curious about. Supposedly they're going to introduce heroes in the card game that get put into the game. That's interesting. Uh, also, they announced the theme for this year's TI subterranean. So yeah. wait, hold on. So there's there's always a theme. That's a thing. Like last year was like they've like last been year was color based before yeah. but they last year i think was the, one of the first times where they were really clearly articulate about an environmental theme yeah and it was like even the graphic like their graphics package for the broadcast underwater. had was like had bubbles and a bunch of other and stuff and the map obviously was like radically different like visually from other stuff but in in bad ways it's in like some a prom ways. um a prom where you can't tell when it's day or night yeah <laughs> was the problem with the underwater map or see brutes uh, that actually went so badly that they stopped casting with the with the event map wow yeah they moved from the event map to i think just the default map they did yeah i don't think they'll make that mistake this time although i do really wonder what the map is going to look like yeah um no I'm, I'm excited tickets going so tomorrow fuck yeah wow I have to go like put my reservations. They do in. sell out every year, right? That's like a good. Yeah, def- okay. definitely. So we probably need to figure out in the morning in our discord, like if some people are going to try to get extra tickets. Trying to think of the last thing I tried to buy tickets for that was like a, this will sell out thing. I usually get pre-sale stuff for the tickets I want to buy, but the problem is that if you have a U.S. Ticketmaster account, you apparently can't 
resell tickets on Ticketmaster.ca, like which is a thing on Ticketmaster. Now, if you buy tickets through Ticketmaster, you can actually resell your tickets through Ticketmaster. It's a pretty amazing time. You can be the. It's both advantageous and probably a huge pain in the ass that you can buy tickets at your house now, in the sense that they can sell out so fast. Because why well, you know exactly how advantageous it is because you worked at a place that. Sold I was going to say Arthur tickets. and I used to sell tickets. There was a a terminal, a really rudimentary terminal in the Tower Records that Arthur and I worked at, and a lot of people would come in there not to buy records just. At like they would be waiting at the door when you fucking opened because they were like, I need tickets to this Mexican singer you've never heard of. And you're like, okay. Now, the worst day was the day that Tool tickets went on sale. Sure. And it was the Saturday of Whole Earth Festival. Yeah, and just fucking line out the door of people. And then we only have one kiosk and it takes forever. And they're like, but also it was a huge pain in the ass because imagine if you had to sit there and be like, what's best available? Well, this is what we have. Oh, they just sold. Oh, well, this is now what we have. And it's just like one person at a time. Like that that's sucks. how ticket used to, yeah, that's what tickets buying used to be like. Yeah. But I'm actually old enough to remember like waiting outside in a physical place for tickets to go on sale for something. Like I've only done it oh, once like, go in my to the arena. I, d- I did that uh, for BFD or big fucking day. The, uh, in the I South did Bay. it for nine inch nails on campus at UC Davis. I did it. I may have bought Been tickets line. to a show. It was Fuel, and I don't remember who the other band was, but it was... I mean, I saw a bunch of shows there. It was, But I'm saying it was like totally alt-rock show like that, so Fuel and a bunch I of... I liked stuff. Fuel. Fuel's first two records were good. So... Uh, but yeah, I froze my ass off at like... Because it was like February or something, or January in Davis, and it's cold in Davis in January. It was pretty cool, though, that we got bands on campus like oh, yeah. that. That venue is closed down now, I think. Oh. But a lot of big bands played that. Like the Pixies played that on their reunion tour. Like... Hmm. Um, but yeah, tickets, tickets are going to sell tomorrow at 10 a.m. And then 10 p.m. Pacific time. And then again at 10 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> that always gives me so much anxiety. Oh yeah. No, it's the worst, but I'm going to, I'm going to have my phone open because yeah. I've had better luck on my phone for sure. <laughs> like buying tickets for that shit. Then you better not have, put this podcast before it goes up. So we know I've please this will i will always wait till the last possible second to have to edit this and publish it uh but yeah ticket the Ticketmaster app is always like done me fine like yeah uh, i think like that's they, where i got mine last year and yeah, that's I why i set tickets aside oh i haven't done that i'm not gonna buy i'm not gonna buy extra tickets this year though i accidentally bought shit. extra ones last year we, oh, we need to we need to talk to casey Tickets are too expensive to give away unless, like, there is extenuating circumstances. It's yeah. 300 goddamn dollars, although they are Canadian dollars, so they're only 75 cents worth of a dollar. 300 Canadian dollars for how many days? Three days? No, for the week. Seven. So six days. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was the tournament was only three-day thing. No, so it's broken into the the midweek and then the finals so midweek is, it, is, it, is it, monday through thursday and then yeah. finals is friday and saturday wow yeah but yeah it's still an expensive trip because between hotel foods flight yeah yeah it should be okay like consensus the, the, the well flights are flights and hotel flights yeah, but are I'm cheap saying you're, i'm saying Airbnb's, you're still you're still gonna drop like a thousand bucks but i i yeah. dropped before tickets 1300 yeah, I'll probably drop around the same for because I because I'm not sharing my Airbnb with a bunch of people. Uh, like, I, but I did find I the... found a fairly cost effective Airbnb, but yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. It's my birthday present to myself, I guess. Yeah, sure, it's a little baby vacation. 
It, it, is, it, like, it is a vacation, yeah. It's like right before the semester starts for me, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it's a chance to see all our buddies that we don't get to. Yeah, we don't get to see all the time. Yeah, now you need. It's like a cruise in one place. Yeah, no, you need some. I mean, I do the cabin trip with some of my friends every year because it's like the one time that we can all be guaranteed that we'll all be in a place together, and there's not a bunch of distractions. Yeah, like, you know, we're not working or anything else like that. Um, which is what it's it's the, the shitty thing about it is like you don't have to worry about like is it going to sell out and one of us is not going to get a ticket, which I don't think you're it already there. Yeah. Oh, you mean ahead of time? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Fuck. Yeah. Well, hopefully did, hopefully they moved to this arena knowing the capacity would be at least... I think capacity is like 15 to 20. Okay. Which is like four or 5,000 more? I think he was 13. Yeah. So uh, that'll, that'll it just be, depends on what they like block off. Like what they consider like viewable space. And maybe yeah. you'll be able to get poutine at the arena. I don't... I'm sure that there'll be some at the arena, but you don't really need to because there are poutine stands fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like, there's really good poutine stands in Vancouver. Just ever. There's great food yeah. in Vancouver, although I don't know about the pizza. Con- yeah, Conrad, uh, who's from Vancouver, was going to was gonna give us some recommendations. Or give me some I recommendations. I understand if you go to Vancouver and stuff, you should actually try and eat some, like, Asian food. Yeah, there's a shitload of amazing Asian food. There's a fucking tremendous steakhouse there. Hmm. Um, like, one of the better steakhouses in this hemisphere. Cool. I think we're going to call it. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Unless you guys uh, have something else. Yeah. No. It's, it's, we got a late start, so. Sorry, I had my graduate tutorial meeting this uh, afternoon. Uh, it's not a problem. It's also just real life shit, so can't be mad about it. But thanks for listening, everybody. We're all on the internet. I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter and on Twitch. Uh, I stream most nights. And then James is on uh, Twitter at James underscore Faulkner. And he posts pictures to Instagram. Occasionally. Uh, what's your Instagram name? It's just James underscore Faulkner. Okay, just making sure it's the same. And Arthur is A-E-G-I-E-S on Twitter, and you can find him at Pragmagic on the gram. The IG. Insta. As the, as... I think we literally just did the same thing last yeah. week. We but did, it's yeah. funny, so we'll do it again. <laughs> I mean, dude, I've, I've never felt so old as I sometimes do in a week where I read that post about, like, the ninja playing Fortnite, and I was like, who? 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 Like, I knew who Drake is, mm-hmm. but the other ones, I was like, I don't know. So, it, I mean, you have to know who Drake is because that fucking meme is everywhere all the time. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, Matt's at Talking Orange. You can send him well wishes if you want. That would be nice of he's you. Sick, he's a sick boy. So, uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know what's coming out between now and then. Oh, probably next week we'll talk about some away, a way out. Yeah, that is out now, all right? It's out. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be out. Yeah. Far Cry 5 is out next week. So. so that's going to be one I play through with my fiance because we both played Brothers and love that game. So yeah. curious to see how a way out ends up. Fuck the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. <laughs> Have a nice life. <laughs>